Welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons podcast. My name is Greg Tito. I'm here with my good friend, Trevor Kidd, and colleague, Trevor Kidd, Bob Vast Deference. Oh, man. <laughs> Doesn't even know who I am anymore. It's true. Hi, uh, everybody. How are you guys doing today? Why we're, aren't you guys answering? We're waiting. Back? We're waiting for you to answer. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to sit here calmly for a second. Oh, awesome. Yeah, just, oh. Yeah, yeah it, cool. Glad to hear it. It's like the Sesame Street trick. It'd be like, thanks yeah. for your input on that. <laughs> I hope all of you just said you're having a good time, because otherwise I just made you feel bad about having a bad time. And if you're so. having a bad day, well, I'll drink to that. Yes. His coffee, by the way. It's not coffee. It's totally whiskey beer. <laughs> whiskey beer. <laughs> I wish. I mean, no, no, it's fine. We don't, we don't need alcohol to function. No, but it is it is spring springish. I say because you're wearing a bright green uh, Seattle Sounders shirt. I am. We have a, a friendly game today, friendly match today. So I'm going to that after work. I'm excited, excited. Not oh, you're going to it after work. Yeah, nice. Yeah. All right. Well, this will be in the future, so it'll be a, a, a past game. So yes. I hope they won that that contest. It's a friendly. Match. It's a friendly. We'll see. The actual opening is is next month. Yeah. So. I heard some crazy thing about the isn't the guy asking for more money, like the star. What's his name? Timsey. Yeah. No, have, the other guy. Uh, uh, Oba. Yeah. Yeah, I think he would, like, there was a Chinese team that wanted to pick him up, I think. so. Oh, really? Yes. And he's exploring that option. I, I have been ignoring the news as I focus on, on other work stuff uh, at work, which is usually when I read the internet. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I do social media all day. Uh, so I haven't been as into my team this year as, as I want to be. I did see that Oba, well, since we're talking about soccer in the D&D podcast, I did see that Oba was uh, being considered for that kind of stuff, but I... I didn't want to look in and crush my hopes and dreams. That was just, I mean, this is more about like the culture of where Wizards is located. Like it was oh, yeah. a surprise to me coming to uh, uh, Seattle and having the the Sounders be such a big thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I was in Iowa when I started being big into it. I grew up playing a little bit of soccer, not much, just a tiny, tiny bit mm-hmm. when I was young. Um, and so I've always liked it, but it was huge in Seattle. So I was like, yeah, I'll watch some games. And I started watching some games. We moved back and we bought season tickets and it's, it is big. Yeah. It is big here. Like you see like today, game day, even though it's a friendly, we'll go into Seattle later and there'll be a whole lot of people wearing jerseys and scarves and coats. Yeah. They, they just jump right into it. And mm-hmm. the, the games at the, at the stadium are tons of fun. I went to one last season and mm-hmm. it was, you know, the loudest thing ever. And there's fire or fire shooting up into the air. Yes. Oba had a great game. I think he had like three goals. So there was lots of fire. And he flips. And he does flips. Yeah. I'm a fan of that. Very entertaining. Yeah. So we're, we're hoping hoping we'll have an awesome game today. Getting friendly. So just don't want them to hurt themselves. Yeah. But have a, have a fun game. Well, I just think it's cool that they, they uh, the team uh, that's, you know, has such good attendance. They make so much money that they're mm-hmm. able to hire a real red dragon to be underneath the the, the pitch. Yes. So that when they score goals, yeah. the, the bouts of flame. What people don't up. realize is the great Seattle Fires back in the day were, were this red dragon gone unchecked. So uh, we have to appease him constantly. Uh, <laughs> and that costs a lot of money. So that's really what the Sounders are for. What so do you again, appease him with? Is it just gold coins? I don't coins? know. I mean, that's like part of the ritual they keep secret. I don't know what's going <laughs> on with that. Uh, maybe some adventurers can head into Seattle and figure that out and let us know. Because yeah, I'm not going to risk my life for that. That's true. I'll just I'll just feed them my money and and and, and, and enjoy everything that comes out of it. <laughs> Your money gets converted into whatever currency. Yes, it's probably Electrum. 
Yeah, probably. The, yeah, the, the dragon's in Which too. Which is like the craziest. I mean, I, I understand why we have it and it's awesome, but like everything else is like a 10 for one scale. That one's like a five for one. Like, okay. Right. Okay. It's like the, it's like the nickel. Because it's the, like a, it's an alloy between silver and gold, isn't it? Yeah. And you're I, like, who, no one makes this. It's, it's I, a, I need to go grab like Mike Morales or Chris Perkins and be like, explain to me again, Electro. Yeah, right. I'm sorry, every, all the D&D fans. I do, I do love D&D. Don't I, hate on Electrum. I just okay. There's a lot of Electrum fans. I just out don't there. put Electrum in my money system unless I absolutely positively have to. <laughs> I'm going to pay for the next uh, big tall beer I buy at the Sounders game with Electrum, and they're just going to have it'll be better because then they can just give it right to the dragon. See how that goes? Can I be there when they escort you out? That'll be yes, great. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Please, please, I need you there. Oh, I some pictures. Social media this up. Well, uh, for those of you who will be adventuring into Seattle to find out about the Red Dragon, uh, please let us know on our iTunes page. You can give us comments. Let us know what happens there or anything else you'd like to hear about the podcast if you want us to uh, cease talking about any kind of sports or uh, theater. Or... I have a feeling we're going we're gonna to hear, yeah. hear some comments about that. Stop talking about sports. Like, oh. fair. It's fair. But we but, but uh, we're gonna still do we it. are well-rounded <laughs> geeks. We're well-rounded geeks in that we like many different things. Yes. Uh, in addition to the awesomeness that is Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. We're not going to probably intentionally highlight too often that that we do lots of things that aren't D and D. But it's just going to happen because we do lots of things that, that are people. D&D. Yes. So we like to, we do like to to point out that D and D players are real people, just kind of subtly. I mean, they're not really real. They're I mean, except for Chris Perkins, he's a robot. Yeah, he's. But the rest of us clearly alleged are real people. I mean, Mike Merles is controlled by Mind Flayers, and Chris Perkins is a robot. <laughs> but everybody else is real people. We could go down the list. Yeah, and let's, I gotta, like, I'm going to get to <laughs> Every single person. Yeah. yeah. There may be an elder brain in the building somewhere. Sorry. <laughs> so we need someone to go to Renton and find that out, too. So yes. we're calling all adventurers here in this. Uh, I don't think we can talk about that one, technically. Ooh. So let's not send adventurers well, out. Well, I was just thinking about it. It's, and an, it's a Night Vale thing, so we can't really mention it or something horrible is going to happen to us. <laughs> Wait, and didn't, management's going to come in. Didn't the hosts of the Nightfall podcast, like, you know, not make it? So we're, we're, it we're basically lo- not. It happens lots of times, but then, yeah. but then he's back the next week. So. Oh, okay, good. Phew. All yeah. right, so that's what's going to happen to us. At the end of this podcast, we're going to be destroyed and uh, uh, some simulacrums that look just like us and listen and hear and have voices just like us will be in our place. Yes. And if you uh, aren't listening to Nightville, you should go do it. You, you shouldn't be behind the times like I was because I think I started a couple months ago. So don't be like me. Go check, the same out, thing. go check out all the cool podcasts like Nightmare. I, I listen to the, I, I, I still have to get into it. I watched the first, I watched yeah. the first, listen to the first episode and then uh, uh, just uh, other things got into into the way. Yeah, I think there's another one uh, that I started listening to. It sounds awesome. And I'm going to get the name, I might get the name wrong. I think it's Cthulhu and Friends, mm. I think is what it is. And it's it's a tabletop adventure one as well. Um, but it's Cthulhu based. Nice. Uh, if, if it's not Cthulhu and Friends, I'm, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure it is. And it seems pretty awesome so far, but it's Cthulhu, so you don't have like awesome heroic people. You have people going insane. <laughs> Lots of like, death and destruction. Yeah. But I am yeah, starting to get madness. more and more into more podcasts. I've stopped listening to the radio in the morning and in the night. Yeah, in me general. too. That's what I do. Do you ever listen to yourself? Oh, no. Just so you, everybody out there knows this, I hate listening to myself. <laughs> so if someone's like, oh, yeah, this is thing, I, I'm on the podcast. When Ryan masters these, I don't even listen to them unless I have to. So I, I wait for Greg Tito or someone else to be like, yeah. that's good. Because I'm like, nope, yeah. not going to listen to myself. The rest of you are great. I've driven, the, I'd, I'd drawn the short straw of having to listen through them just to be like, all right, yeah, no, it's all good. At least you're, you're used to, you know, you you were a comedian. And maybe one day you'll be a comedian again. Maybe. You're always a comedian. I keep talking about You're always a comedian. To. You're just not performing right now. Okay, let's true. put it that way. I perform um, for, my, for my children. Yeah, there you go. And they don't laugh at all. So you've got that. So yeah. you, you're probably more used to hearing yourself. Every time I hear myself, I'm just like, cringe, 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 turn off. So, 
Yeah, I think a lot of people relate to that. So I apologize to all the uh, podcast listeners out there who have to listen to me, but <laughs> too bad. Do you cringe podcast listeners when you listen to Trevor? <laughs> Let us know in the comments. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that's true, I mean, be polite. <laughs> me or Trevor? But, you know, we can find someone else. <laughs> yeah. We can find some. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, all right. <laughs> listen, we'll just get Ryan to run the podcast, and we'll give him a script, and we'll be fine. You Better don't... yet, we'll get Ryan's kid to do it. Oh, that'd be awesome. How yeah. Well, it's like like a year and some change now? He turns one tomorrow. Yeah, look Whoa, at that. happy birthday. We met Ryan shortly before he had his kid. It was those good times. And then it went all downhill from there. I know. Now he's a jerk. Cool. We're talking to some uh, some really cool people today. Yes, today. Well, today is comics. It is. Well, today, yeah, in the grand scheme of all of our podcasts today, it's comics. Yes. Yeah, but you guys for the will be able to listen to this first one. Yes. With uh, Curtis Weeby, the writer of Rat Queens, and his wife, uh, Shannon, who will be joining us talking about uh, uh, their stream, their D20 Babe stream, uh, as well as, uh, yeah, just talking about Rat Queens and how awesome it is. There'll be a lot to talk about Rat Queens. I mean, D&D, love letter comic, you can't go, can't go wrong there. Absolutely. Cool. All right, so we'll uh, uh, get him on the horn and we'll we'll start talking. Hello. Hello. Uh, I'm Greg, uh, and I'm joined by Trevor, our co-host. Thanks for joining us, Curtis. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. No problem. Uh, I'm very excited to talk to you about uh, uh, everything Dungeons and Dragons, but especially Rat Queens, and then we'll get to more about uh, D20 babes and stuff uh, uh, later awesome. on. But uh, that was good. We always like to start by asking, uh, where, where did you where did you start playing D anD D? When when did when did you first catch that bug? Yeah, because it sounds like I mean the descriptions of Rat Queens that I've read about you know describing and getting into it. Part of it was like a love letter to D anD D. So I would love to hear how you got your start to D anD D. Well, I ca- I come from a background that um, you know it, it's kind of goes back to the old like um, satanic panic of the eighties. Now mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys. <laughs> I remember it. I was yeah. I was in the same boat. Yeah, I started playing when I was nine, and that would have been in the eighties. So yes. Yeah. So I had, I I basically grew up in a place where I wasn't allowed to play them. So I my my first encounter would have been, probably when I was about nineteen and I moved away from home, and I I'm pretty sure it was second edition Dungeons and Dragons. But now yeah, I was a lot later. I played like Star Wars from Rust End Games. Those are that was my first mm-hmm. playing game because that was a safe one, you know. Right. Uh, that was allowed because it wasn't um, D and D. Space operas were different than uh, than, yes, than yeah. satanic cults that you'd be, you know. Yes, exactly. Summoning. So, my my family had fully bought into the that hysteria. But anyway, so I I wasn't able to play it for you know until later on in my life. And then when I played Second Edition, like I was hooked. I remember getting a friend of mine lent me the second Second Edition Player's Handbook, and I think it was like a uh, Dragonlance kind of world book. Mm-hmm. So I was reading through it, and because my my parents lived, I'm not even kidding. They lived in a town that was probably 50 people. It was like tiny, oh, wow. just absolutely tiny. And uh, so I had no one to even like test the rules. So I literally was GMing myself, playing a character, and just testing out the rules to see if I could figure them out. Well, that's Because cool. I never played anything like it before. Right? I never played this dice system, the, this magical 20-sided dice system. So that is where I, that's where I first learned. And then eventually I, I, I'd stayed with my parents just to get through kind of a rough part of my life. And then I moved uh, into the city and I met a whole bunch of people. And that was around the time that people were transitioning into third edition. Mm-hmm. So 
that was a while ago now. I feel like third edition wasn't that long ago, but it kind of was, wasn't it? Yeah, it's almost yeah. 16 years ago. I guess it all depends on like the formative part of your brain. It's like, oh, it was just yesterday. So where did you grow up? Where where was the uh, the 50 person town? Well, I I actually didn't grow up in that town myself. My parents moved there right after I graduated high school. Oh, okay. Uh, I grew up in a very very small town in the province of Saskatchewan in Canada. Nah. Um, oh, Canada. It was, yeah, it was a. Uh, it's man, it's hard to explain, but it basically was a town built around a Bible college. Oh man. Okay. For some reason, yeah, I, so- I just assumed the Satanic Panic thing like did not. Across the border into Canada, I thought it was. Just, oh no, man! It was. It was. It <laughs> I don't was know very why I thought that American thing. Like we, you know, we have we have the Bible Belt in Canada, and I was definitely in it. Oh, I see. So North uh, North America has has two belts now. That's like they need to like it needs to does. combine. It's that. the belt up, up around the breast area, and yeah. then the belt down okay. in the waist area. I, I've been doing belts wrong, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Education. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, uh, Curtis. Go on. Yeah. So. Yeah, I grew up in a small town. It was called Cairnport, and it was it was literally a small town built around a Bible college. So, I mean, I grew up completely in a bubble. Um, so I didn't have a lot of access to outside world stuff. I grew up very naive about a lot of things, but whatever reason, role playing games managed to creep in. And like I said, it was Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, with the West End Games one, and I also played the James Bond by Victory Games. Oh, interesting. Uh, that was one of my first ones, and I I just immediately fell in love with it nice you know so it wasn't it was easy for me to be like i also love fantasy so that was like the dark child you know like the forbidden fruit that i was like oh man i want to try it i remember uh, it was my my best friend's older brother that ran james bond for us and we were in this store in a town that's about 20 minutes away and they had D&D books in there and i don't know if you guys actually really know how how much the hysteria was of the satanic panic but there there was so much misinformation. My my friend saw the book and he's like, "Oh, you know, it was a world book." I think he's like, "My brother has been there," and it was like uh-huh. this thing like you traveled, you your psyche traveled to this world, and it was so weird. There's a lot of weirdness around that, but you know, you soon realize it's all just crazy talk. But right, right. It's just that was story. I was very I was very cut off from that, but I always managed to find a way to get into role playing games, and then fantasy is something that I always wanted to do, and so D D was the one. That uh, that got me into it. So you pretty started playing more in earnest around uh, uh, 3.0 or 3.5 era. What was yeah. it? About? So you ended up going to was it Vancouver, the city that you went to? Uh, no, I moved to. I was still in Saskatchewan for quite a long time. There's a city called Saskatoon. Which, okay. I mean, it's got about 300,000 people in it. It's it's a decent sized city. Yeah. For you know, the prairies in Canada, but uh, I went to a local game store, uh, the Dragon's Den in Saskatoon, and somebody had put up in the store just looking for players and i i didn't know anyone in the city when i moved there i was just kind of trying to get a new start and so i answered that ad met with these these guys and they kind of became my good friends for the entirety of the time that i lived there for about 15 years wow and yeah that was I, we i was still playing i'd managed to convince one of my roommates at the time to play D and we played the uh, second edition because that's the books that i had and uh, this group had just gotten into third edition so that's where when i started with those guys Third edition is what we played pretty much the entire time I was there. Mm-hmm. 3.5 eventually when that came out with the tweaks and the rules. And- yeah. so now, were you a DM or were you a player mostly? The, uh, back then, I was pretty equal. I had two friends that were really good. Um, I had a friend who was a got his PhD in microbiology. He was a genius, but he oh, would wow. always get, he would always get really stoned when he when he <laughs> would DM. 
and they were like the most amazing adventures. And, like, and if you <laughs> ever went, if you ever went into like a cave system, and he was also stoned, you were never coming out. Like it was just a mess. Like he would draw these intricate maps, and you'd be down there for days. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, this is the, this is a metaphor for drug use. I know it. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I we were think in the so. caves for days. This is your D and D. This is your D and D on drugs. On drugs, yeah. So he, he, but he was a great DM, and so I liked playing as a character with him. And then I also had um, uh, another friend that DM'd for us as well. But uh, it was mostly me and sharing the time with other people. And then as time went on, it was just I didn't like playing anymore. I just like running stories. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So, so well, when when you were a player, what were what were some of the kind of uh, player archetypes that you'd like to jump into? Rogues. Yeah. Rogues and, <laughs> rogues. and rangers. Rogues and rogues and more rogues. <laughs> well, ro- rogues, ro- the rogue ranger, especially three point five. I like the rogue ranger combo. You take a a rogue for your first two to three levels, and then you would take ranger after that and alternate back and forth. Uh, that for me was always a fun class because I liked I liked the skill access that the rogues had, but I also liked the outdoors aspect of the Rangers. So you could combine those into like a really good combination. So that's generally what I played. Um, but I often just kind of played for the character. I wasn't mm-hmm. much like, I wasn't one of those people that, you know, there's lots of different types of players. Some people really love just maxing out those builds. And I, I didn't really care about that so much. I was more about why is my character like this? And, you know, I, I think one character I had was a bard cleric, uh, bard cleric druid nice. with three, three class. It was the weakest thing that was probably ever built. Oh yeah, but uh, still. but I just liked it. <laughs> what was that story? So what what, what was he first? Uh, I I, it, I think started off as a bard. Uh huh. I, I think I actually was able to build a third level character. So I think I went two levels of bard, one level of cleric, and then we ended up spending a pile of time in these outdoor environments and. Uh, basically the clerics got, we were playing in this, the guy, the DM who liked to get stoned a lot, he had his own world that he had created. So we were spending a lot of time in the woods and she basically, the character slowly shifted her, her belief from like just one of the main gods to much more of a reverence for nature. And it slowly shifted into so her miracle being... became more druidic, uh, over the course of the game. But, um, his, his is actually a really interesting world in that. It was his own world, but completely based on the Ravenloft's um, idea of like, you know, once you're there, you're kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. And the, it basically was Ravenloft, but with his own map and his own cultures and stuff like that. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Was it a different, you know, uh, was Strahd there or was it a whole different antagonist? I, I think we, I mean, it was a very large, very, very large world. And mm. I only saw parts of it. A lot of it was based on. You know, a lot of like uh, Greek culture, a lot of the mythology around the Greek culture where that's where we mainly played. But he had pretty much, I mean, he gave me a binder before he moved away and it's just like massively stacked with information. I really should oh, use that's it. that's awesome. It's full of maps and cultures and all kinds of stuff. He did a lot of work on it. But um, I don't know if Strahd is in there. I wouldn't be surprised because he loved, loved Ravenloft. Cool. Well, now uh, hopefully uh, uh, that guy's excited about uh, Curse of Stroud coming out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I probably. I don't go. know if he, did, if he even. Gave let's call him up. Yeah, let's he's call him dad. up. He's yes. a dad now. Let's add him to, add him to the podcast. Dads, dads yeah. can still play. I got. I have kids. I, I still, I still play too. I have a kid. Yeah, so <laughs> right. Tito plays because he runs a game at work. That's true. That's the way to do it. <laughs> That's we we get to cheat that, that way a little bit. Which you're doing a little bit too, though, because your 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 Twitch stream is is work, right? It's self promotion. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely it's getting easier as you go on because a lot of the the work up front is getting the design and, and figuring everything out and mm-hmm. getting the feel for the game and all that kind of stuff. Now it's a lot easier. I don't I don't do a lot of prep beforehand. All I need to do is get the table set up and the cameras. Um, the way I run role playing games in general is a lot less like ninety five percent of the time I don't plan a thing. I just, just kind of go with what came in the story before and come up with a few concepts just to have ready and then and just see what happens in the game. And so that makes it a lot easier to stream it. Yeah. But it is still, you know, like not only that, but up- uploading the videos to YouTube after and, and keeping engaged with the community, which has been, it's work, but it's still a lot of fun, obviously. I mean, I'm, am, I, am I seriously complaining about part of my job right now is to play d and I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, it's a hard thing. We, it's like, it also work too. It's like, no, 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 complain, complain, complain. Like, oh, we get to make D&D. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is actually pretty fun. I should... I should keep I mean, that in perspective. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So uh, we, we kind of skipped over, but tell, tell us a little bit how how uh, you started coming up with the idea for Rat Queens and and how that you know was born from your from your D and D playing. Yeah, well, actually, uh, there may be people out there. There probably are people in our audience who haven't read Rat Queens. Do you want to give a little yeah. uh, synopsis of of you know? I'm sure you've done this more than I have, but just describe what Rat Queens is for for the audience out there. Yeah, sure. Rat Queens is a fantasy comedy comic series we are uh, issue 15 comes out on march 16th i believe uh, so we're, we're a ways into it now but uh, it's essentially a fantasy comedy about four women adventurers who uh, live in this in this town of palisade which is kind of a frontier town and there's monsters and all kinds of things running and they kill things for money and then they usually get drunk and do drugs it's basically my idea of what college-age women in a DD world would be like <laughs> That's awesome. I love I love some of the the flipping of tropes you did there too. That's that's awesome. <laughs> I'm a fan. Yeah. And so before we get into too much more stuff, it's four main women characters, right? And yeah. they are all in my opinion very unique uh and crazy, not like I shouldn't use that word too much, but you know, it's like they're they're very different. Uh can you describe each of them a little bit? Sure. Uh, so the, there's four characters in the Rat Queens, and that is actually what their adventuring group is called. That's what they refer to themselves as. Nice. Um, there is Betty, who is a smidgen, and a smidgen is kind of my take on like gnomes and halflings. Um, she's essentially kind of the rogue of the group, but she's basically the resident pothead. <laughs> uh, and but yeah, if you were to classify her, she'd probably be the rogue. She's she's fairly. She's very skilled and she's very perceptive and she's also kind of the heart of the group. She's uh, kind of soft and, and believes the best about everything all the time. And uh, then there's Violet, who is a dwarf and she would be kind of fill the fighter role, I guess. She's the soldier and she is a bit of a hipster. She was shaving her beard before it was cool. <laughs> and uh, uh, then there's Hannah, who is the elven mage. And she's got a bit of a dark past. Her parents are necromancers, which she's a little bit bitter about. And uh, she's also kind of inspired by rockabilly culture a little bit. Mm. Just the, just her attitude and the way she looks and everything like that. Uh, and as if you're paying attention to the story, she's obviously got this really twisted past that's slowly starting to come out. And Dee is the essentially the healer or the cleric of the group, but she's also an atheist. And so <laughs> I am kind of... I'm studying my own personal religious beliefs, which are non-existent, um, to basically what that would look like in a fantasy world. Somebody who lives in a world where the gods actually can manifest themselves and avatars and crazy stuff like that. 
how is someone being atheist in a world like that and why would they be yeah. so kind of examining those those tropes a little bit i guess that are kind of standard for a fantasy setting yeah d comes from a, a family a group of people that like worship cthulhu elder god type people yeah yeah basically uh his name is naira goth and he's he's the sky squid the flying spaghetti monster i was just gonna say yeah that's hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i wonder if that was yeah right so that that's super interesting. I loved how each time you were describing uh, uh, the different characters, you were saying like, "Well, I guess she's the cleric, or maybe she's yeah. the fighter." Yeah. So yeah. it's cool that there's those those lines are uh, not quite as uh, uh, rigid. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, as I said, Dungeons and Dragons was a major influence on it. I've been playing role playing games since I was like fourteen, and it's very much a part of my life. And I think what I wanted to do was play in that world a little bit and to poke fun at the things that I think are funny about either fantasy or even just like gaming tropes in general. Um, and then just like, you know, have a bit of fun with it. And that's kind of where Rat Queens came from. And also to tell a story where, cause I mean, in a lot of Dungeons and Dragons games, like all of the ones that I've ever run, there's never been any distinction between men and women, right? It's just mm-hmm. like, Oh, you're, you're a female soldier or you're a male soldier. It doesn't really matter. It's the same. And I, I've never liked to really bring that up, you know, in in the stories that I tell. So that just carried over naturally into the Rackleys as well. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like at the the first issue, you introduce kind of like some of the conflict, and then there's a whole, a whole list of different adventuring parties you go through right at the beginning as they all get punished. Yeah, I don't want to spoil too much. They all they all get assigned tasks, and uh, <laughs> it was interesting seeing like some of those were like kind of like meme like oh look at these guys i know I, i've seen this this group of adventures and i've seen mm. that group of adventures so that was cool but now i'm also wondering if you're ever going to do spin-offs like like little one-off spin-offs for some, <laughs> some of those adventuring groups yeah i i definitely want to uh there's there's some funny ones in there like there were some that were just literally meant to be a one-off joke and then and people love them like the four daves were literally supposed to disappear after the second issue and then people just like were hashtagging Team Four Daves, and I was like, "Oh man, I got to keep these guys around." <laughs> uh, so like that, fans. or yeah. So so th- that whole thing was just kind of again like a, a stab at kind of the stereotypical parties you see in right. in D and D. You know, like uh, the Brother Ponies was kind of a jab at, at Bronies. Yeah. Uh, the Obsidian Darkness was kind of my stab at like the vampire. Universe, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that that kind of stuff, you know, like where it was literally just it was supposed to be just a page of jokes, but people really liked some of those characters, so they stuck around. And particularly uh, the Peaches with uh, Braga and Tizzy, who are actually still actively part of the world, and and in the new arc are much more involved with the story. So it's just kind of weird how that stuff happened. That is cool. It almost it seems feels like you were going. I mean, this is you know uh, unintentional, but like a, a Deadpool kind of feel. I mean, it's kind of fresh in everybody's mind with the movie out, but like how that character is basically about skewering the superhero tropes. Uh, and and that sounds like a lot like Rat Queens is doing the same thing as far as with fantasy tropes. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it was ever... I don't know if it was ever intentional. Like, I, I really... I mean, fantasy is something I, I really, really love, but, you know, I'm very aware of its fallacies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, I guess... Yeah, I guess I, I never actually thought I never actually read Deadpool, but I think there is definitely some some probably aspects that are similar there for sure. It's a cool thing. It's definitely a cool thing. <laughs> so you guys were talking about the influence on Rat Queens, and we mentioned the the live stream. 
about that too. So is the live stream starting soon, or is it pin started? Have, I, I oh yeah, to, you guys I, have been I, doing it for get, for weeks now. I need to get more caught up on the yeah, live stream. Yeah, so so D twenty Babes is the show that I'm DMing, which it, it's it honestly is completely <laughs> completely coincidental that it's also four women playing D anD. d It wasn't it wasn't even my idea. It's actually. Uh, my wife, Shannon, who it's her channel. Her channel is D20 Babe. That's what her online persona is. Uh, she's been talking about doing this for quite a while. And eventually we just kind of managed to put the show together. But we do it every Monday night. We did we did uh, episode 10 last night. So we're, we're a decent ways into it now. Um, but yeah, she's been talking about doing this probably since like spring of last year. And I just... I, I'm kind of a slow on the uptake. She's pretty ahead of these things, mm. <laughs> but I was like, ah, I don't know. Like it'd be a lot of work and all this kind of stuff. But then, basically, in fall of last year, I really started to notice a strong connection between my between rat queens and between gamers. Mm. And I, I'm shocked. I, yeah. <laughs> I knew, but you know, I knew they were there, but I, I guess I never really properly, the one thing that I, when I set out to do Rat Queens is I did not want to make it a strictly a gamer's uh, comic book. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what I mean by that is I didn't want to have humor that only gamers would understand. I would, I wanted the humor to be like gamers would get a little bit more out of it, but everybody could enjoy the joke. Yeah. That's kind of what I was going for. So I wasn't trying to like distance myself from that, from like the gamer crowd, but I just didn't want it to be, that's the only people who would read it. Um, and then now over the course of the last like couple of years, those people, the, the gamers are kind of coming to it a little bit later. I'm noticing thanks to people like critical role who have talked about it on their show and, right. and things like that. And since I have just kind of like, you know what, I don't know what, I, what the hell I was thinking. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just going to totally embrace this community. And that's where I kind of shifted a little bit. And I decided that I was going to give as much attention to my love of gaming, to my comic work. And I literally just kind of split the time in half so that I'm putting half of my weekly hours into developing game stuff like the D20 Babes and then my own channel and doing my, my comic work. And since I've done that, I've, I've noticed just like all of a sudden this huge resurgence of people following me on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely, definitely paid off. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, I think it's really interesting to think about, you know, uh, uh, we were just kind of talking about it uh, almost surreptitiously in, in the intro of like how geeks are well-rounded people. I mean, they're, they, they like gaming. They like, you know, uh, comics. They liked a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really important for us to think about them as, as complete people. Uh, you yeah. know, not just, oh, I, I, I am a and d player and that's all I am. Like that, you know, you, you can identify that way, but there's also, there's so many other facets of, of life and it's cool that you are able to embrace that. Like, hey, you know, I'm, I I make comics, I like comics and you don't want to just pigeonhole yourself and just being like, oh, I'm only writing for comic people. You're writing for, yeah. for fans of everything. Yeah, and I think, I think it's been interesting to see, like, uh, I, I think it's this kind of combination of, of a couple of things. Like we're starting to see this, with, with live media now, we're starting to see people really want to watch people play D&D because I think there has been that weird assumption that D&D &D players, they have that stereotypical, like, right. they that's all they do, right? That, and they have no social skills. They have no other interests. Like, that lame like, idea of what a, a gamer is. And now that we're seeing all these other people playing it online, people are like, oh, 
pretty much anyone can play Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and like, it's you, funny and it's interesting yeah. and there's drama. It's, it's a, not, you know, it's not like uh, 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 the, the thing that basically, and I, this is, I want to lead you to this question here. Do you think that this is possibly from the, th- the last throws of the satanic throwback that you were talking about in the 80s and 90s? That like the people who didn't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons heard that. That was the only thing that they heard. And they've grown up with that idea for a long time. And then now that we're, you know, 20 years on from that, you know, 25, 30 years on from that, people are like, well, the last vestiges of, of those prejudices are, are now yeah. being scraped away. I think, yeah, I think so. And I, and I think maybe not even just like the satanic panic thing, but just again, that misconception of how people who play D&D have been like shown in media in general. Yeah. But that's, that's changing now because you're starting to see, like, again, I mentioned Critical Role earlier. There are a bunch of like professional voice actors who exactly. are playing their weekly D and D game now live on 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 camera, and they get twenty thousand people a week watching their show, and it's just like you know that that idea. And I also think the the newest edition that you guys have done with fifth edition has mm-hmm. made it incredibly accessible. And I I've been playing since second edition, and I think fifth edition has made it really really easy to write up a character and sit down and play. And we have on, on the D20 Babe show, we have two people in the group who had never played a role-playing game in their life. Wow. Nice. And you would not know it. I mean, you wouldn't know which one of them it is on the show because it's just like it's a lot more simplified. And so I think it's like a combination of those things that you're seeing people in modern media now who are just completely normal people. And it's, it is. You see people laughing and having a good time, telling good stories. People don't know that that's what it's about. And it's, I think that's, people are aware of that now. Yeah, it's, it's easy for us to tell people, you know, it's about sitting on the table and having fun with your friends and all these cool stories. But until you see it, which you can do now, right. it's, it's, yeah. it's hard to really show people or explain to people what, the, what that means. It's like, well, I can sit around the table and talk with my friends and tell stories too. It's like, yeah, but you're, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, I remember yeah. reading that, that script in the front page of the Dungeon Master's Guide or the Player's Handbook of, uh, uh, you know, the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons rule books mm-hmm. and it was basically a script of like this is what normal play is like i remember reading that being like really that's what it's like yeah. <laughs> you know and then uh, there was just that was the only way that they were able to kind of really explain it yeah. with text and now yeah, with video I never thought about that yeah that, that, that's true like how else would you ex- yeah that's interesting yeah i never thought about it i know and that if you look back and read that now you're kind of like well that's that seems so it was it was very soulless, you know. Yeah. There was a little bit of yeah. jokes in there, anything, you know. But it was it was it was hard to imprint and really kind of learn from that. And now with the pro- proliferation of video everywhere, you know, you yeah. can you can just jump in and watch whatever style of of fantasy role playing you want to get into. Yeah, exactly. I knew it was big when we we did our first live game at PAX, mm. and it was before things were streaming all that kind of stuff online. Yeah, we did our first live game at PAX, and I was like, wow, that was awesome. And then we did it again, and it, they packed the room and. Like people wanted it at every packs, and then people started streaming stuff, and then Critical Role came out like, "Holy crap, this is amazing!" It's yeah. it's been awesome watching the evolution of people, you know, playing to an audience. Like, right. and again, I shouldn't say playing to an audience. Uh, some some people do that, but most of the time, it's just playing in front of an audience, and it's just watching, yeah. watching people have fun at a table, uh, and, and even just like the, the things they do differently, the, the things DMs and players do differently. Mm-hmm. Watching Critical Role, and watching all those uh, guys and ladies do awesome voices, like those are actors. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I understand we, we say voice acting all the time, but like, like they are, they are into it. They're, they're into their characters. And I'm like, I, yeah. I have run some tables with some people that are super into RP, but the level that's, you know, critical role, for example, is like, that's above and beyond. So, yeah. and they do a really great job of like not intimidating people too. It's like when Mercer talks about, 
you know, getting into it. He's, he tries to make it as simple as possible. He's given tips that, that make sense. He's like, don't stress about anything. Just, you know, yeah, have fun. Like, yep, just sit down with your friends and have fun. Right. And that's what you guys do at D20 exactly. Bank too, right? Yeah, it, it was really just, um, I don't know. Like, I think it's, I haven't seen a lot of other shows at this point that feature all women as, as the players. And mm-hmm. what I really wanted to, what we're like, we're definitely not professional actors, like critical role. That is, that is their, <laughs> yeah. that is their bag. That is, yes. the, they've got that cornered. But you know, for us, what we really want to convey is that how accessible it can be for anybody. And that is really kind of the heart of our show that anybody can set down and play. Two of our players have never played before. It's an all female cast and it works just fine, you know? And right. I, that's something that we're pretty proud of that people can tune into our show and be like, and we have, we've seen numerous people in our chats be like, I had no idea it was like this simple. I, and they have said the next week that they went and bought the, the books and they're starting their own game. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Which is awesome. Like, that's that we want it to be like, it feels when they tune into our show like oh that's what my home game would feel like you know right well we've gotten you know the 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 top down on on d20 babe from you from the dm but yep. maybe we should turn it over to to your wife shannon so we can learn a sure. little bit of what it's like to be on yeah. the player side she's okay, she's, I, she's like he sucks <laughs> <laughs> he's a terrible dm <laughs> we're gonna hear the real the real news now <laughs> well, well i'll be out of the room so she can say whatever oh exactly <laughs> Okay, I'll quickly go grab her, and she'll be here in like a minute. Okay, sure, cool. no problem. Hi. Oh, hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you doing, Shannon? I am Greg. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. And we have also have Trevor on the on the line here. Yeah, I'm the other disembodied voice. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Feels like that, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Nice. So yeah, we wanted to talk to uh, you because uh, uh, Curtis said that uh, you were the, the the big pusher and mover uh, of getting D20 Babe uh, up and running. So yeah, can you talk a little bit about, uh, w- he said you had this idea for the show for a long time. Uh, yeah, I did actually. Um, I was just looking at doing a Twitch stream and just um, playing around with some CRPGs and um, I started thinking about it and thinking about the things I really enjoy watching. And, um, yeah, I just uh, wanted to get a group of girls together and start playing D&D. <laughs> nice. So we're, uh, yeah. we're, is, is the party all, all people that you were friends with ahead of time, or did you recruit them specifically to, to play in your husband's campaign and have him torture them? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yes, I, I specifically wanted my uh, husband to torture them. So <laughs> I knew them all from before as well. Um, yeah, we've, we've known knowing them from different uh, different places. I knew Jenny, um, you know, Vancouver's kind of a small town in a lot of ways, so um, she's involved with the comic book world. She works at a comic book store, mm-hmm. and uh, she cosplays, and I've just you know, started hanging out with her uh, through that that source. And then um, Nee is, uh, started dating a good friend of mine and uh, met her that way, mm-hmm. and she's awesome. And then um, uh, same with Julia. She's... Um, She's married to a, um, a fellow that I'm on a podcast with. Uh, we do the Botham Banter, which is the um, Edge of the Empire system. Oh, cool. So, um, yeah. So did you, I mean, I, friend of ours. as someone who's put together uh, a cast of people for a stream, did you think about, uh, uh, you know, performances or how they would get along or, you know, oh, this, this personality is going to work well with this personality, that kind of thing? I actually did. <laughs> nice. I really did think about that. Um, and especially since two of the girls are brand new. Right. To RPGs and 
in general. I've never played anything before that. Yeah, you have to have someone come in with a good amount of confidence to sit down and be recorded and learn a new thing like that. So. Yeah, I, you know, we did um, help instill that confidence too by lying. <laughs> <laughs> the cameras are totally not on. We're just going to throw you in the deep end, but we're just going to totally be we're yeah. like, ah, fine, like, yeah, you, you know how to do it. It's like, it. listen, we'll have, a, we'll have a whole bunch of sessions where we just talk about things. We're not going to throw you in the deep end. And they were all lies. First session, bam. <laughs> uh, yeah, for, yeah, we went. We actually had two kind of um, free sessions where we worked out, um, you know, backstories and uh, characters. Um, we used a, a little, an interesting exercise to do that, which is the first time we've ever done anything like that, mm-hmm. um, playing D&D. So we did that to really get a grasp of a feel for our characters. And then we played one session, a really short session, and then that's it. Just deep in, through them right jumped in. Jumped right in. Yep. How, they, how have they taken to it? Do you think they've, uh, uh, you know, you think there are veterans now after after 10 sessions? Honestly, I think that Julia and um, me has jumped into the deep end and surpassed me. In any of, you know, not that I'm extremely experienced playing RPGs, but I do play different systems all the time with our friends. Mm-hmm. They've way surpassed me in the RPG element, I think. They are just, they're so dialed into it. It's, it's amazing. I love seeing their creativity and how into it they are. That's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Did you so it was as as someone who put this all together? Was it? Did you do you have this like sense of pride that like you know I I, I planted the seed and now it's blossoming into their these wonderful geekhood? <laughs> I kind of do. I, I have this like I'm a bit of a, like I'm an RPG pusher. <laughs> I, nice. I trick people. I I totally trick people into to playing, and I, that's an example where I'm just like, okay, come on to the show with us. We're gonna because they both are very comfortable in front of a camera. I'm like, yeah, you guys will be great. And then, you know, just, okay, it's D&D. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I have tricked a few people into playing um, RPGs where they haven't even known that they're, that's what we're going to end nice. up doing. So. Come, come join us for dinner in, in Yahtzee. Right. right. Yahtzee. <laughs> I have one friend that's like, I hate RPGs. I, no, I'm not. I'm never doing that. And then, uh, yeah, we had them over for dinner. And, um, you know, she really likes uh, writing and storytelling. So, you know, just sort of subtly, you know, you like board games. Well, let's play this one. And then we th- we play Fiasco. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. And didn't even realize. And we're like, you're actively role-playing right now. This is what it's about. And they're like, oh, you tricked me. Because <laughs> 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 there's this preconceived notion. Exactly. Right? I think people just will, they'll find something that they'll enjoy and be able to excel at if they don't have these. Yeah, preconceived notions and just intimidation too. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, so um, you know, you just you take that away and you see you're like, yeah, you can do this too. It's fun. You'll you'll have a good time, right? And yeah, right. That's the way yeah. to do it. You don't always want to lead with deception, but sometimes that's the best way. <laughs> <laughs> now, now everybody knows knows that that's how I got people to right. <laughs> like. Well, like, listen, we may not be basement dwellers. We we do totally have social skills, but we lie all the time. That's, <laughs> that's really what we want people to know. Just to get our, about, our products out there. About our, our, RPG, yeah. our RPG peeps. <laughs> I know. I tried to, it's funny, I tried to, uh, 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 it, I, I called it indoctrinate. Indoctrinate ah, my wife that. in uh, in D&D. Because she's an actress, she's a performer. And I was like, oh, it's basically like improv, you know, and, and you do it. And she just, her problem is that she just isn't into the tropes of fantasy. Like she never watched uh, The Hobbit or, you know, read those kind of books when she was growing up. So there's always that disconnect there. But I think maybe uh, I, sh- I should invite you down to, to Seattle to do like some secret 
secret dinner party and then all of a sudden she's like yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> that would be awesome by the way you're an elf yeah, yeah. so but, the live stream because I, I know that i keep getting distracted because i just like talking to awesome people <laughs> but so the the world that you're running in is it is it inspired by anything in particular like the campaign setting is there anything that makes it st- stick out or different that you want to tell people about so they will come over and watch your live stream um, about the particular world that we're in? Yeah, sure. Or, Whatever you think is, is awesome and, and exciting about what's going on in your live stream right now. Um, I think what makes it a little bit different um, than maybe some um, D&D campaigns is that there is just the dynamic of uh, we're all women playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just, just how we feed off of each other that way. And we're all very different style of, of uh, like player character. We're just... We play very differently, mm-hmm. but also um, I think that we all we have that thing too. Some of us in our head about fantasy tropes. Um, me in particular, <laughs> I do have issues with that sometimes. Yeah. Um. So I like to play with it. So we purposely try to break some of the or just have fun with some of the, the fantasy tropes. Um. So that has been a little bit of um you know tongue in cheek in our in our campaign and uh you know with this with we. The DM as well. We just sort of do a little bit of uh, tongue in cheek, cheek with some of those um, tropes. Nice. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, we're really trying to be creative with it, where there's no um, because it is a fantasy world. Mm-hmm. Not bringing over some of the um, you know the preconceived the notions of this world. Mm-hmm. Where, oh you yeah. Know, you know the typical. You know this is um. You know we have a we have two women that are married. And that actually, like all the all the stuff we did for character, we rolled the dice before. Mm-hmm. So some of it, it just came down for chance, like the way that we generated our characters. Oh, nice. Um, the relationships between them. So it turned out that they were married. <laughs> so married to each other? Yeah, to each other. Oh, no way. They already generated their characters that they're both women. So like, okay, because it's a fantasy world, so it's not, it's not a big deal. It's not yeah. even like Why not? talked about, right? Well, it's not <laughs> even a big deal in our world at this point, it too. It isn't. It isn't well, anymore. We don't, we don't want it to be. Yeah. Some people, yeah. Some people want to make it you know, a, a big bad deal. We want to make it a big good deal. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. And it just never was in this world because it's, you know, it is what we make it, right? So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess some things like that. Um, I love that you did that through through random dice too. Like that, that's yeah. my favorite way to to generate characters or come up with stuff because you end up pushing the boundaries. You know, if you don't do that, you end up, you know, always wanting to be the wizard or always just hey, I'm more comfortable being the paladin. Which is which, nothing. There's anything wrong with that. But like, I, I, I like when you push the boundaries and come up with something completely new and are forced to 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 deal with what happens with the dice. Yeah, I I love the idea of people embracing just things that smash normal ideas too. Like sure, like you were like, well, I guess they're married. Like sure, why not? Yeah, and like there's yeah. there's there's four women sitting on the table gaming, and I'm like, yes. I anything for me that just reminds people it's like you know the old idea that women don't game or all this other stuff it's like that's a really bad old idea mm-hmm. there's like yeah. all sorts of them so just reinforcing that and, and, and having you guys do that is, is awesome yeah yeah and we're doing it very uh, organically I feel mm-hmm. like nobody um, you know we're just playing it the way we want to and um, yeah the the randomness of the dice is all with our characters um, uh, relationships to each other mm-hmm so uh, that's how we, we decided, like, where we're – the way that we made it a little bit different than how I've played campaigns in the past is that when you sit down with all your friends, you're like, okay, well, we're going to decide what, you know why we're here and why we're all together and we're going to go off adventuring. Well, what we did is we came up with our backstories, like, 
really delved into why we're actually together. You know, like mm -hmm. where are these deep connection relationship connections? Because that's the so, part that sometimes gets you know hand waved to be like, oh well, we're we're all playing. We all met in a tavern. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's it's cool which, to have which, those. Totally okay with that. It happens a lot, yeah. but it's yeah because it's, it will be figured out down the line. Yeah. It usually is, right? right? But we wanted to come out of the gate with this really kind of in depth backstory. Yeah. That's cool. I love that like cinematic yeah. approach. It's like here's how we know each yeah. other, and here's all the stuff that happened. And I'm gonna be a total jerk to you because you know you stole yeah. you stole my girlfriend that one time. <laughs> <laughs> and that those those are the things that we randomly roll. Yeah. For for relationships, like you know, here's our connection, here's our connection, and we have a choice of this many things. It's rolled, right? So, and then we, and then us as players, it's up, up to us, up to us to be creative and do that world building. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes it's limiting because, you know, I I went and sat down this campaign. I'm like, okay, here's my character's story. Oh well, no, I don't get to do that. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the dice said this, so now I gotta, I gotta be really creative. Start start from square one and you know <laughs> nice. there's there's lots of neat things you can do like with that there's like lots of different ways to do character building sometimes you can do random sometimes you go on the table and like you can have players dictate other stuff to different characters like where, where we can do character building and i can turn, turn to tito and be like your character uh uh you know once burned down a house because <laughs> he, he got two results about fire and I don't, I don't give you all the details, but I give you a little bit, and now you have to incorporate it into your backstory. Oh, I um, see. Yeah. So it becomes more of a group. Yeah, yeah. And then you get, like we, like you build other people's characters. You still have a lot of say on your own character, but they give you things that you have to in include in your backstory. Yeah. So, um, yeah. There's lots of cool ways to do that. Lots of different systems have different ways of doing it. But I, I, the random table is fun. Yeah. It, you know, it's really, um, I don't know, it, it gets those creative juices going. I really like it. It's um, very uh, challenging, mm -hmm. but I, I think it, it was a really awesome exercise to, to do. And, nice. and then now we're just going forward and like layering upon that, right? So, and then it's slowly really, you know, it slowly um, will be uh, unveiled to the audience. Basically. Right. As it gets out there. Now I want to see, yeah. uh, when, you, when you first said that the two characters were married, I yeah. thought that they were married to uh, uh, men that they left at home to go adventure. Like I thought that would, that was your subverting of the trope. Where Which you're is like, also All right, funny. Yeah. Those, yeah, those guys are home. We're going off and making the money. But what does it say about you that you didn't think they were married to each other? I, well, that's why I clarified <laughs> with the question right after. I was like, all right, because at first I was like, I was already jumping. Like you know, your brain already starts yeah. jumping off onto yeah, points about sure. stories and stuff. I'm like, oh, nice. Yeah, and it goes to that thing yeah. she was like, like the. I do fall into that trap of stepping into a fantasy world or creating a new fantasy world if I'm doing my own tabletop stuff and start like pulling on what our world does. And yeah. it can make for some boring stuff. Like I don't necessarily want to have the same racial issues in my campaign right. setting. Yeah. It's like there are there are literally people that look like dragon people. <laughs> Why do we care about this other stuff? Right? Like so it, it's stuff like that. It's like, okay, let's let's take all this stuff and throw it out and, and try to make something <laughs> new. And make up new stuff. So uh, you guys are you've you've you got a lot of sessions down, but there's more to come. How long do you think you guys are gonna run this campaign? Um, until until we all die, until there's a total party kill. Nice, that's the way <laughs> that's to do how it. I'd like to do it. Yeah, I'd that's like cool. To, and yeah, I'd like to keep going as long as we can all keep going. Um, I mean, it's it's awesome that we have this medium now to be able to share the game with other people because you know, even honestly, even if there wasn't Twitch. I would, I would love to just sit down in game every Monday night and know that the girls are going to show up and have fun. 
Nice. You know? So it's it's really cool that now it's like a big community with people watching us that are joined in, and uh, you know, it's giving us um, great, uh, you know, confidence or not confidence, but it's it's sort of a the energy, right? That yeah, it's like keep going. We want to keep going. So, um, you know, even regardless of Twitch, I would probably try to force a group of people to sit down and play with me. Nice. Right? But this is just it's so cool that we can share it with everybody. So how can people uh, uh, join the community and start watching uh, D20, babe? Uh, via Twitch. So that's every Monday night, um, 7 p.m. PST at D20, babe, uh, with no plural, no S. <laughs> and <laughs> And then also um, we do uh, upload all of our past episodes so you can catch up um, on YouTube under, again, uh, D20 Babe. Cool. And that's that's your, your channel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is there – you had this channel ahead of time. Was there other content that you were putting up? Uh, no. We, well, we started with uh, the first session of the D20 Babe. Okay, but cool. We are, we are putting up other content. So, you know, just to – you know, in case we uh, miss an episode or whatnot, we'll do something fun. Um, we had a board game night. Uh, we played Imperial Assault. We also, nice. um, yeah, we just had like some hangouts because we thought it'd be fun. You know, we, we feel like our viewers are our friends now, you know, it's part of our community. We all chat. So we just did like um, a drinking game night where we're all silly and we had a guest. <laughs> and, uh, it was a lot of fun. So we want to do more things like that, you know, just kind of where people get to know us outside of us pretending to be gnomes. and, and uh, <laughs> Which is always and good. Stuff. Cool. Yeah. In, in a game environment, that's perfect. Let's not walk around the road thinking we're gnomes. That's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Unless, you're, unless you're cosplaying, which is totally cool. Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks so much uh, uh, for talking to us, Shannon. Uh, definitely go check out uh, D20Babe uh, on Twitch. Uh, and you guys are on Twitter as well, too. Is that right? Yes, yes, I'm, yeah, we're all on Twitter. All yeah. on the Twitters. Uh, and uh, we will um, hopefully talk to you guys uh, soon. I mean, been like a year from now when you're on like session 58. Oh, yes, we'd love to have you back on. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. I don't, I can't even imagine where we'll be I know. at that point. We're going to be so like experienced and gone through so many battles. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be at level four by the <laughs> Slow, slow going. <laughs> Before we sign you off, you are at D20 Babe on Twitter as well. And then Curtis yeah. is Curtis J. Weave on Twitter. So that's if, if you want to go throw them some love, that's where you guys can find them on Twitter. Yeah. And we've already got the Twitch stuff out there. So, yes, go 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 check them out if you haven't. And also Rat Queens. It's awesome. Go check that out as well. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Do it now. Thanks, Shannon. <laughs> thank you. Thanks so, so much for talking with me. Oh, thank you. It was awesome. You're awesome. Bye-bye. Thank you. Sweet. Yes, awesome awesome stuff there. Both awesome people. I know. I just can't say the word awesome enough. I, I overuse the word awesome. <laughs> it, it, it has lost meaning. It's awesome that, that you say awesome. Yeah, I think it's pretty awesome that awesome is so awesome. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> wow. Hey, dog. We went, I heard you like some awesome. Yeah, like no, we some just, awesome and you're awesome. We went in the awesome meme there. No, uh, but, like, seriously... I, I have to go check out that that stream. I, I was like, man, this this one sounds awesome. I, like, I and I I I knew about it because you 
recently sent them a whole bunch of cool stuff. And yeah. I was like, whoa? Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's this stream. This sounds awesome. They're great. And the, and, uh, the, the, the session that I watched, uh, you, you can't tell who didn't know how to play or anything like that. Yeah, like, that's, definitely, that's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's, well, that's because fifth, uh, the, the new edition, 5th edition of D&D is so, so easy to get into. Thanks, Curtis. <laughs> you get a star A+. Plus. Yes. Uh, awesome. So uh, I did. It. I did it now. We're now counting awesomes in our heads. That's we can't. We can't stop. Seventeen. It. Oh 18. man, it's like seventeen thousand. <laughs> Go and uh, check out these uh, these awesome people uh, in in their playing. I did it again, even when I was trying and then, not I'm to. I'm just going to do it on purpose. Now. And then go check out our awesome podcast uh, on iTunes. On and, iTunes. And, and rate us and give us your comments as long as they're not. Hey, Trevor, stop being on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, regardless of what I said earlier, <laughs> I would I would cry. And if you um, can give us a scorecard on how many times we said awesome in oh, this man. outro, that'd be awesome. I want. I now want to have this like just be live. We have the little like, boop boop. Bleep, boop. Um, you can complain to me about how not awesome I am at Greg Tito on Twitter. Uh, and if you want to uh, complain to me about how not awesome Greg is, uh, <laughs> it's um, at Trevor underscore Watsy. And you can talk to uh, us on the official uh, D&D Twitter channel as, as uh, Wizards underscore D&D. Absolutely. Um, we will also be doing some live streaming of our own. It's, it's, it's going to be Ravenloft specific, so we don't have these awesome ladies on our stream, but we do have other awesome ladies and awesome yeah. dudes. Yeah, and this out. will be coming out in March, so uh, it'll be a Curse of Strahd themed uh, playthrough with Chris Perkins uh, uh, DMing uh, with a whole bunch of other people from other uh, YouTube and Twitch personalities uh, as well. Curse of Strahd is probably out by now, so go pick yes. it up in your local store. Uh, it starts on March 4th, so if you're listening to this after that, it is out there. It is out on a wide release March 15th. Um, you can still get your Taroka deck readings from uh, our official Twitter. So retweet uh, the official Twitters, uh, uh, the, the pin tweets generally yeah, that so you every do every every everything, and uh, you'll get a unique fortune from you. From me. From 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 Madame well, Ava. She's not in the room right now. But she's not Madame here, <laughs> but we we know Trevor is actually Madame Ava. Oh yeah. That's, Deep down inside. Yeah, I try. Uh, so go ahead and check that out. All right, I think that's everything. We love you, have fun, and we will see you next podcast. Ooh.